All right, let's go. You want to play the Avengers clip or the other clip and then just go into your write-ups? Or do you want to do them in a different juncture? It uh, doesn't matter to me. Which one do you think fits better? Mm, are we just going to do the science shit after then? Or did we kind of... I thought we were going to do the science shit first. That's what I thought. So I think the science shit kind of sounds good with that. So other, you yeah. want to bring up the that YouTube one? Yeah, yeah, the YouTube one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was thinking. We're professionals. Yeah. Thank God for editing people. Just release the unedited version. <laughs> Actually, people might fucking love that shit. We could. That could be bonus content. Is like, it totally could be. Dude. Release the actual episode. Yeah, no shit. A peek behind the curtain. Man, these motherfuckers are stupid. They have no clue what the fuck they're doing. Goddamn. Anyway, here we go. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. It looked like you were questioning if you were Josh or not. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I'm just over there with a confused look. Is it one of those days where, like maybe you don't want to be a Josh or, no, you know. Man, there are just way too many of us. I know. Josh is a very common name. Kind of like Steve. It's about the same thing. I so. think last I counted, I had like 17 Joshes in my phone. That's ridiculous. It's, it's like not David's at all in my surprising. phone. Yeah. God, that's funny. Um, well, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another Strange Uncles episode. Um, I want to start out real quick with a little bit of a rant because I got to get it off my chest. Fuck used car dealerships or new car dealerships. Either or, I don't care. Yeah. I don't know why you would work with at one. I don't know why they trap you into the place for four to six hours when you walk in and say, this is what I want. Can you do this? This is where I'm at. What do you think? Were you there for a new car or services? Yeah. yeah I want, no, want to buy a new car, uh, but just I could have bought a new car in an hour's time versus a six hour's time. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be willing to walk away. Well, I did. I walked away a couple times. They kept luring me back, the bastards. Did but, you buy a new car? Yeah, I ended up striking a deal. Yeah. I got fucking hosed when I bought my car. Oh, really? I got old guy gilled so hard. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Now, we just need something a little bit bigger, better on the long trip travel, more cargo space, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm actually better deal than what I walked in there and wanted. So, you know, it kind of worked out. But, man, we just want a waste of time, a waste of a day. Yeah, completely. I hate haggling and negotiating because I'm not really very good at it. I'm horrible at it. It's yeah. that confrontation piece that I don't like. You know, well, they're like, it's it's this much money. I'm like, done. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, exactly. The price that is the price. Reasonable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hate doing research on the internet and stuff about it. Like, well, what's the fair market price for this? What's the Kelly Blue Book value? Yeah. Like, yeah, of course, they're not going to tell you that, you know. You got to be more knowledgeable than they are. Sometimes they surprise them, too, when you walk in there and they go, and you ask them a question and they have no clue. They'll, mm. oh, um, because they know you did your research and you're not a dummy coming off the street. Yeah. That's always a funny look. Kind of like the deer that sees the headlights on the road. Same yeah. thing. <laughs> so, anyway. 
But yeah, we struck a deal. It's good. So, um, you know, just want to get that out there. Um, why well, have a shout out? And I think we actually had a couple shout outs, right? Yep. Um, you want to go with yours first? Sure. Uh, my buddy Josh, well, uh, our buddy Josh. Uh, John knows him very well also. (laughs) What's up, Jasher? (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, He was in town over the weekend and uh, was telling us how much he enjoyed the podcast and that it makes Mondays way better for him. So I just wanted to say uh, happy Monday, dude. Like, I hope it goes well. Yeah. Miss you. And move back to Utah so we can start our D&D. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, he did Where's tell he me. Where's he at now? Uh, he's in... He's in Oregon. Yeah, and he told oh. me he has like $16,000 worth of weed. And <laughs> Is that pro- all? It would probably Jesus. be like three to- worth three times that here because it's not legal here. And he told me that uh, that would be his buy-in for the D&D. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, hopefully no feds are listening to this. Yeah, well, just if hey, it's legal in yeah. Oregon, so that is true. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm sorry, not bringing nuts, laws feds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't. Okay, <laughs> you want to say that? So I got a shout out on my side. Um, and actually, this is a really good friend of mine. I met him through the podcast circle. Met him actually through the Vegas circle uh, when I was doing Vegas Confessions. Um, Mitchell from Canada. It is always cool to have listeners that like Josh likes what you do. We kind of hopefully we give a little tidbit of enjoyment. You know, we've got people to reach out. So, man, you guys are, I can't wait for it to come on. And that, that makes me feel pretty neat, I yeah. think, you know, for the most part. But Mitchell sent the podcast a book. Um, it is a by Corey Taylor, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Heaven or How He Made Peace with Paranormal and Stigmatized Zealots and Cynics in the Process. So, Corey Taylor actually is the lead singer for Slipknot, right? Yep. Yeah. And, um, Mitchell says it's awesome. And he goes, yeah, I think you guys would really like it. Um, it's always cool when we get free shit in the mail. <laughs> and it's always cool when we get it from friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, kind of neat. So, yeah, it seems thanks, just, man. Yeah, at first I thought he was just like a big Slipknot fan. He wanted us to read it. But it seems like there's Corey a little Taylor's bit more to it. To the paranormal and stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to jump into it. I, um, I am trying to finish my research on the demonologist, which a uh, couple episodes out, right? We've got yeah one about Warrens mm-hmm. um, that we're going to cover. So this episode, I kind of backed off. I didn't do a lot of the research. You two did a lot of the research, um, and it is about time travel and interdimensional slips. Yes. I s- slaved away at research for this. <laughs> Slaved away <laughs> over the kitchen stove. So yeah, I looked some stuff up and tried to remember stories I've heard and read, and yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, time travel is just so it's just fascinating, and it hurts my brain kind of sometimes with all the paradoxes that it can create. Right. And you know, if it is true, theoretically it's possible, but a lot sure. of physicists say that it can't happen because then it will create paradoxes and then that just messes with everything. Yeah. I mean, there's like, and then like, if you go kill your grandpa, then you're not alive and you never, never existed, but you actually still have existed. So just in that way, it's not possible. But oh, I man. think it's cool because it goes beyond like the movies, you know, I mean, everybody, yeah. I love good time travel movie, but you know, really how true is it, you know, to extent really when you start dealing with it, the shit is plausible. I mean, is it possibly, is it plausible? And it could be. Yeah. So theoretically it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I just rewatched interstellar, uh, the other night and was like, Whoa, what the fuck? <sighs> it's so good. It's so good. I cry every time. Yeah. That's a great show, dude. So fucking good. But, oh, um, like, yeah, uh, it's weird because 
I realized watching it for the hundredth time last night that he doesn't actually like travel back in time. He just travels back to where the, uh, where the wormhole is in our, mm. in our solar well, system. And that is actually a, another theory is, uh, and I, I forget what it's called, but some, there's a theory that if you do travel back in time, you can only travel back to where you initially started traveling. Yeah. Like, like, like you, you can't go before you like if you fell in the black hole, oh. like if you fell into a black hole, you can only go to that point of falling in right. the black hole. You can't, you can't go before that. So you don't fall like, Oh shit. Well, I fell in a black hole this time. I need to travel five minutes before that. So that doesn't happen. Yeah. But you can only, because of the way the gravity and the warping, warping of space time work, you can only go back to where you got into that. I think it's called a time like curve. Yeah. Um, or a loop mm-hmm. and it's like a closed loop. Like I actually had a bit about that because it reminded Jesus me Christ, of Star my Trek. mind's already fucking blown. <laughs> old Star Trek, like next generation episodes where they always get caught in time loops. Oh, oh I thought you were talking about when they, on uh, the original, when they, they slingshotted themselves across around the sun so they could save the whales. No, that's, uh, that's, that's always a good a voyage home. Star Trek four. Yeah. And, I know that. Jesus, dude. The science I mean, behind that is sound. <laughs> yeah, right. The aluminum, uh, clear aluminum, very, very sound. The formula for it. Yeah, fucking shows. Anyway, that's cool. Well, I don't know. Um, I'm going to let you guys run with this, and I say we kind of we get to it, and we see what um, what this looks like. Yeah. So, cool. Time travel. Let's go. Time travel stories are cool because both the past and the future are somehow more interesting than the present and because everyone secretly wants a do-over. But so far it appears that we are doomed to live consumed by regret in the eternal boring present. Time marches on, inexorably and only forward. Or so we thought until Einstein came along. His special and general theories of relativity changed the way we think about time forever. All right, so uh, speaking of interstellar, um, theories of how we could possibly and maybe accidentally time travel are an integral part of the plot of the of Interstellar 2014 Christopher Nolan masterpiece. Um, it explores time travel as and, and interstellar travel as we think it possible within our current understanding of physics with a few liberties. Um, I'm not going to cover the whole plot because if you haven't seen it, then what the fuck are you even doing here? Yeah, what is oh, wrong? It's an amazing what is, show. What is wrong with you? Um, but there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. Um, so when Coop, played by Matthew McConaughey, uh, <laughs> when he finds an anomaly on his farm, it leads the retired astronaut to a secret NASA base where they're working to save the human race. Uh, they found a, wor- a wormhole to another galaxy uh, with habitable, wor- habitable worlds out by Saturn. Uh, once on the other side, while they are trying to find a suitable new world, they run into problems with the tidal forces of gravity uh, that slow time for them while it progresses normally for the people at home. Uh, the people at home working on solving the equation uh, that regarding gravity uh, that would let them get a massive space station off the ground to serve as colonies. Um, so anyway... I was. I just said I wasn't going to say the whole plot, and I just said the whole plot. I was going to say, <laughs> I, if I didn't see the movie, I've seen it now. <laughs> so basically, uh, that's part of uh, Einstein's theory of relativity. Um, the opposite of that is also true, where instead of being slowed down by gravity, time slows down as you approach the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, yeah. one way you could time travel would be to just go take a spin around the galaxy or the solar system at near the speed of light and when you got back hardly any time would have passed for you but 
decades, maybe even hundreds, thousands of years would have passed for people here on Earth. Yeah, so... So special relativity describes how intervals of space are stretched and contracted depending on relative speeds. A fast-moving spaceship experiences a slower rate of time compared to someone back on Earth. If you did a trip around the galaxy at the speed of light and very little time will have passed, but on Earth, literally thousands of years could have gone by. But that's just one-way trip in time, and it's just traveling in the same direction, just at different rates. Yeah, and I so think... So you're still traveling linear, but if you can travel faster than the speed of light you will essentially navigate to a point in time in the past mm. right so uh traveling back in time according to special relativity if you could get faster than the speed of light the clock the clock would go backwards um and you would always move be moving backward in time above the speed of light which poses a lot of problems for most of the sci-fi movies i love so basically, uh, you can't reach the speed of light or go above it with our current understanding because your mass gets exponentially increased as as uh, as you near the speed of light. So uh, you would need an infinite amount of energy yeah. too, which that's impossible right now. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, hmm. But if we go to complex numbers and give uh, give an object imaginary mass, our current understanding says it could only travel faster than light, moving always moving backward in time. Uh, physicists call these theoretical particles tachyons. Um, if we could control them, we could at least send information back in time. Um, so that's interesting, but it's mm -hmm. all like theoretical. Yep. So that starts dealing in the quantum physics realm, kind of, mm, right? A little bit? A no, little dabble? It's, mm, it's still relativity, but... And, okay. Yeah, and these are all Einstein's theories, but and in theory, this is all possible, but in real world physics, no one has been able to replicate or not even replicate, but just make turn these theories into um, right. Like I, I don't think anyone's been able to produce a tachyon in a lab. Yeah, yeah, it's just a made up thing. So, in theory, it works. But in real world, it is not possible, according to physicists. But what do physicists know? Because not, well, because I'm, we've got <laughs> what do physicists know? I <laughs> was assholes. gonna say, uh, according to our uh, previous experience, not jack shit. <laughs> in theory, it works. In real world, it doesn't. And there's a lot of people that claim they have actually traveled in time. So I think you should roll that clip, and we'll get into some the real meat and potatoes of this by all means Clint, now you're gonna feel a little discombobulated from the chrono shift don't worry about wait, it wait, wait a second let me ask you something if we can do this you know go back in time why don't we just find baby thanos you know and first of all that's horrible it's thanos and secondly time doesn't work that way changing the past doesn't change the future look we go back we get the stones before thanos gets them thanos doesn't have the stones problem solved bingo that's not how it works Oh, that's what I heard. Wait, but who? Who told you that? Star Trek, Terminator, Time Cop, Time After Time. Quantum Leap. Wrinkle in Time, Somewhere in Time. Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Basically, any movie that deals with time travel. Die Hard? No, that's not one. This is known. I don't know why everyone believes that, but that isn't true. Think about it. If you travel to the past, that past becomes your future. And your former present becomes the past. I love Avengers. I'm just saying. I still haven't even seen it. Uh, Seriously. Dude. But it sounds cool from that clip. I think I'll watch it now. <laughs> there uh, the only one you need to see before you see Endgame is uh, 
Infinity War because it's like part one and two. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, so since I was a young kid, I've been fascinated with the idea that the world around us may not always be what it appears. To me, the world seemed to be swirling with the paranormal and the unexplained. And that is partly due to my crazy dad and all of his bedtime stories he would tell. <laughs> I'm sure my, that didn't help. My brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one of those stories he told us was about him as a young boy at a bowling alley. It was sometime in the late 50s or 60s. I'm not really sure exactly when. Uh and the story goes, my dad was hanging out at the local alley. It was his turn to bowl. And as he ran to chuck the ball down the lane, he said, time just froze. Everything went on pause. The clock stopped moving. The people were not moving. And everything went silent. He said it lasted only a couple seconds, but it seemed Weird. like that moment lingered like it meant to last forever. After the drawn out seconds were over, he said everything kicked back up and continued on as if nothing had happened and everything was normal. Yet he was awestruck. It was straight out of the twilight zone. And that was my first introduction and first ponderance into what we call quote unquote time. That's hmm. yeah. Fucking that's weird. Fuck, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he just Crazy. said that just everything around him just paused for like one, two, three, four, boom. And then all of a sudden the pins come crashing down and the clocks, like he said he had enough time and he looked at the clock and like the second hand was frozen. Like everybody was in mid like yeah movement. And he, I mean, he could have been just telling, tell, a good story. telling a good story, which he was really good at telling stories. He was great. Yeah. But it stuck with you though. Oh, I mean, enough I, to, you know, I've not, yeah, I never forgot that. Uh, I don't know. Thinking about it is thinking about time. Always, hurts my head and i think that's why especially talking about the science behind it because i mean we're all honorary scientists yeah i think I that's mean, why it's hard to like get out eloquently is because i'm just trying to think about it as i'm talking and i'm like my brain just like yeah stops. it twisted up a little bit well i've given myself an honorary phd um in physics uh you guys want one yes i'd love one okay yeah Done. mail it yeah yeah. No, I'm not mailing it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Well, fine. It's, it's like you. how I promoted myself to senior vice president of uh, kicking partners offsite <laughs> at work. That's funny. Yeah. But um, to the average person, it would seem as though time only moves in one direction, that it is linear. Uh, and the dimension we all occupy would seem to prove that true. But I believe time has no definite, definitive direction. As Einstein put it, time is, is an illusion. And he goes on to say, for us physicists believe the separation between past, present, and future is only an illusion, although a convincing one. The real question I have and the question that makes me almost giddy with excitement is time travel is time travel a possibility, and if so, has mankind figured it out now or in the future? Time travel stories are not few and far between, but do any of the stories have any truth to them? Um, it's real interesting. It is. Because, I mean... A lot of the documented ones are documented. I mean, you, you can't document them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's all, it. they all come off as like, oh, wow, that's super interesting, but it also sounds like creepypasta. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem right there. It's a fine line. They're all, they're all fun stories, but, you know, how much truth is there, actually? Yeah, I mean. There it, are some compelling, there are some compelling stories, though, um, and. If anything, they're just at least entertaining as hell. Um, have you guys heard of Andrew Bassiago? Uh That sounds familiar, but it might have been because I think you called him 
carbonara earlier, and I was like, Andrew Carbonara. I'm yeah. <laughs> He's a big pasta guy. Couldn't remember his damn last name, but uh, he claims he started time traveling when he was just six oh, years old. Oh, yeah, okay, this guy. Yeah, uh, he claims started time traveling at just six years old as part of a secret DARPA project called Project Pegasus that began in 67, oh. 68. And I don't know how I didn't come across this when we were doing DARPA, because this would have been awesome, but hey, it works. I remember hearing the name Project Pegasus, but I don't remember hearing yeah, I've heard exactly Pegasus what before. it was about. Yeah. Right. Hmm. He says that his father was ordered to make his son a part of the project because scientists wanted to test the effects time travel would have on a child. I've heard of like other projects where they allegedly do shit like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I feel like the government and especially secret black projects, mm -hmm. you know, are very nefarious. Yeah. And according to Andrew, he was just one out of 140 other children in the program with uh, 60 other adults. The people involved in these time travel experiments were dubbed chrononauts. Oh, See, that's a cool fucking name right that there. That is really cool and sounds made up as hell. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Chrononauts. It's like, man, what would we call ourselves if we were time travelers? Laying in bed. Yeah, like. I got it. Chrononaut. It sound, that sounds like a like band. A you know, here's Dixie and the Chrononauts. That sounds fucking. like a Rick and Morty thing. Like yeah. The Cronenbergs or whatever. It sounds that's like. funny. It sounds like he traveled back in time to where. Dan Harmon was making a Rick and Morty episode. I was like, all right, I'm going to take that. But yeah, he says uh, all those time travelers were called uh, chrononauts. And during his involvement in Project Pegasus, he said he made these leaps in time dozens of times, <clears throat> including six trips back to the Ford Theater on the night President Lincoln was assassinated. Well, then why didn't he fucking do something about it then? Well, I'll... You know, I'll tell you. He even says <laughs> he has a picture as proof he was at the Gettysburg Address. The picture, though, is just a blurry black and white photo of the time. To me, it doesn't show yeah. anything. It's just like, well, yeah, that's a picture. Yeah, and pictures from that era are just... <clears throat> it, it wasn't the greatest era in photography. No, there, it wasn't It wasn't. I, I don't taken think in, it was even... <laughs> you can't put photography in era in that realm. Yeah, it was all. not taken in 1080. It's not a high def picture, but he claims that that it, he claims he's a child in the he's the child in the picture, but it's so blurry and I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe we should post that in the show notes. We'll find the picture and put it up there. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, Andrew, his explanation for traveling through time, he said it was a time travel device based on a design by the great Nikola Tesla. The, sh the machine was called the Tesla Teleporter, which also just... Of course it was. Uh, did he watch The Prestige or something? I yeah, I don't know. He said the machine consisted of two gray elliptical booms about eight feet tall, separated by about 10 feet, between which a shimmering curtain of what Tesla called radiant energy was broadcast. And radiant energy is a form of energy that Tesla discovered that is latent and pervasive in the universe and has among its properties the capacity to bend space-time. Well, I mean, Tesla was fucking around with like trying to draw energy out of he, the atmosphere, oh, yeah. And, yeah, like for yeah. Sure. transmit energy wirelessly, which I mean, would have been super awesome if all of his research and patents hadn't been stolen like ten minutes after he died. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, there was that. Well, he was working actually on an invention supposedly that literally was causing earthquakes, and they it was shaking an entire apartment building down on the ground until he shut it off. Are you <laughs> so, saying he built harp? 
Well, that was part of the harp thing in the beginning. Supposedly, again, I use supposedly. I did it twice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Bastiago says there were other systems as well, such as something he calls the chronovisor. Jesus okay. Christ. The chronovisor for the chrononauts. Uh, it was a time travel mechanism that could send a hologram-like projection of a person into another time. He said a person projecting into the past would not have a solid form while traveling via the chronovisor. So in other words, if you were to be stepped on by a dinosaur or stabbed by a Viking, you would not be harmed because it would pass right through you. He says they weren't actually there physically in another location, but a holographic analog of ourselves were being projected into those target locations. The real goal, though, was for a person to travel physically to another time, and this is what the Tesla teleporter could accomplish. He explained that entering the teleporter, it was like entering a shimmering tunnel of light. He said you would feel yourself tingling and sparking for a while, and when you solidified again, you would be in another location in time. Hmm. Which sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, it does I, sound fun. I hope that shit's real. Yeah. Uh, man, his claims are so crazy. He said one of, one of his uh, main missions was to travel back to the day Lincoln was assassinated on April 14th, 1865. He says he went back to that day at least five or six times. Uh, the goal of Bossiago's handlers was to see if John Wilkes Booth uh, was actually the guy who committed that, that, that did the, it. That did it, yeah. Right. Because for some reason they had reason to believe that it was an inside job. Uh, maybe maybe it was Mary. Well, that they think that even Mary oh, pulled the trigger. I was making the shit up. Well, no. goddamn. Yeah. There is like well. I'll let you keep going because I think I know where you're heading with this. Well, yeah, his handlers, according to Bastiago, had reason to believe that the killing of the president was an inside job, possibly a government coup. And this suggested that the American government had been illegally hijacked from that moment on. They so even, they even thought Mrs. Lincoln might have had something to do with it. So there is a little bit of historical credibility to the coup theory. Um, because, uh, a lot of the people in the war department and like his cabinet were fucking not happy with him at all. Oh yeah. I heard about that. And, uh, look at what he was doing. I mean, geez. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I want to say it was Alan Seward. Uh, one of the, so the night that they killed Lincoln, they also tried to kill the vice president, the secretary of state and a couple other people. Uh, they only succeeded in killing Lincoln. Um, hmm. Everybody else just either got bloodied up or the people that were supposed to go kill them uh, chickened out. Um, I but, never knew that. Uh, whoever, the, one of the people that was attacked but not killed um, would have been in line to become president if uh, everybody else had been successfully assassinated. Wow. And it was someone that did not like Lincoln. And I can't, I can't remember. Hmm. Hmm. which one of those people it was, but well, I'm sure he wasn't making a lot of people happy with the freeing of the slaves and such. Well, it, so a lot of it had to do too, with him, uh, drawing out the end of the war and not accepting the South's, uh, surrender until after the 13th amendment was ratified. Right. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people were unhappy that he was, uh, basically dragging out the war to make sure that the South couldn't just get their slaves back. And you mean he was trying to do a good thing? Yeah. Oh, crazy. But huh. I mean, it I, it was definitely a good thing. But also, if you look at it from the other point of view, like he's getting hundreds, if not thousands, of people killed because the South was ready to surrender. But uh, yeah, but they weren't ready to no give up their 
they, shitty right. way of life. Right. And and if he'd accept had would have accepted their surrender, like all, they would have sent all of their members of Congress back to DC, and the Thirteenth Amendment would have never been ratified. Yeah. Right. So I mean, he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just cost a lot of people their lives. I mean, but, that's that's war. Yeah. That's it's been going on throughout. We've been doing it for quite a while. The history of mankind. You know. Yeah. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying it's. There were people that were, yeah. No, but that's yeah. another, that's another layer to the onion though to look at that I think people forget about. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well. Andrew, who was seven at the time, was dressed in period appropriate attire, was instructed to tell the ticket takers at the front of the Ford Theater his parents had already gone in ahead of him and already given them his ticket. Uh, man, these guys were just gullible. Apparently, this line worked on the on the ticket takers and they let him in every time. While he was in the theater, though, he was never able to get close enough to Lincoln's box seats to see what really happened. He also said that every time he gained access into the theaters, things were always just like a little different. One time he would be chased away by guards as he got closer to Lincoln. Another visit, the box seats were locked. Every time he came closer to Lincoln's box seat, he was something had changed. Like every time he made the trip, he said there were just like slight differences in it just he was it was yeah. it was the same day it was the same place but you know guards at the door guards were not at the door there were even like uh, i guess guards even had chased him away at some point um mm. and he noticed that yeah though he was sent back to the same point in time on multiple assignments something had changed i think that kind of fits in with like the membrane theory of like the multiverse and yes, time travel. That's that why one of the three theories of the membrane. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he says that this is possible because of the theory of the multiple universe scenario, or in this case, multiple timelines. Mm. Phys yeah, physicists theorize that the universe we live in is just one universe and an infinite number of parallel universes that make up reality. So if there was a time slip in the universe right next to ours, the similarities would be almost uncanny, but the further you got away from your host universe, sure the the more differences you would see so if he's just yeah if if that same reality is right next to ours you know he keeps going to different realities it also makes sense if you uh look at some of the paradoxes like if they bore out to be true if time travel were possible and any of the paradoxical thinking was actually like worked out to be a part of of everything uh, it does make sense that you wouldn't be able to actually really change the past. So like he never could see what exactly happened or never could get to where his goal was because that would change the past and that would, and so then change the future. Yeah. Well, and that's why, and so the universe then, just won't let him. Yeah. And then you create all these crazy paradoxes. Yeah. And essentially that's and why they just build up and build up. And yeah. Build up. And then paradox, yeah. paradox, paradox. And then that's why scientists, physicists say that, you know, in all actuality, time, on paper it looks good, but in all actuality it can't work because you just create way too many paradoxes. You, you just would destroy the fabric of reality, basically. It, yeah, exactly. Um, he also claims to have been sent to the year 2045 during the 80s and describes it as almost a utopian society. But it's so funny to me. He says 2045, and I think, Back then, that seemed like so far in the future. Mm -hmm. You say 2040, like back in the 60s, you'd say the year 2000, and right. people would be like, oh, it's the Jetsons, it's yep. flying cars, it's, yep. you know, robots serving you and everything. So and I don't, here we are in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> my car it's, don't it's, fly. It's, yeah, al right. it's almost 2020. So he's describing 
25 years from now. Yeah, right. which if we're still here, the only reason I'm like, yeah, it could maybe be a utopia if he really went there is because some drastic changes are going to have to happen if we're still going to be around in 25 years. I mean, I think the only way we could get to a utopian society in the next 25 years is a mass extinction. Yep. Or, mass yeah. Either that extinction. or like a Where huge, you have like a million people on earth just... Yeah. Yeah, like a huge, yeah. huge dramatic disaster that makes it so no one can ignore what's happening with our planet anymore and, yeah. and radical action is taken. So, I mean, shit, maybe that does happen, but he claims in the year 2045, uh, the world is like a utopian society. Hmm. And are you guys ready for the granddaddy? No, sure. Oh, right. wait, there's Let me more? sit down. But wait, there's more. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> For the granddaddy of all Andrew Basiago's claims comes his story about being teleported to the planet Mars. So Basiago says when he was 19, he made several trips to the red planet, but these were not time traveling trips. These were a form of quantum teleportation. In this teleportation model, you can go from point A to point B in the blink of an eye, according to Andrew. He says he claims that the CIA is in charge of the Mars trips. Of course. I mean, why, why, wouldn't, they? why wouldn't they be? Right. And when they sent Andrew, he was sent in basically jeans and a t-shirt and just a helmet for oxygen. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> okay. he, he says, he says the, Mar, the Mars surface was a warm, windy climate. When he arrived on the Martian surface, he says he saw two other people there hanging around a food vendor like any other city street. Except for there's just like no city. It's just open desert. <laughs> <laughs> with a food, with a food truck in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, they actually have food trucks on Mars, according to... Mars Andrew tacos. Yeah. And he says uh, those people weren't in spacesuits and weren't wearing any breathable headwear. They, they said he didn't have to wear his headgear either and that the air was breathable, although it was thick and muggy air. Uh, he, Basiago says the U.S. government has been going to Mars for a number of years before the 80s, and there may be up to 600,000 human beings living and working on the Martian planet. Da, da, da. <laughs> well, have you seen those pictures where like it, it's supposed to be like a shadow of someone coming over and working on the Mars rover? Yeah. Stuff but, like that. Yeah. I, Mark D'Antonio actually just figured out that that was just a shadow from the actual rover itself. Yeah, I totally believe that, but I'm I'm just saying. Oh, like, yeah. You don't believe there's a Mars mechanic walking around up there? It would be awesome if there were. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, hey, I love all of this. I wish it was all true. But Yeah, like the part that gets me is like when he describes it as like muggy and thick atmosphere because that's absolutely not true. And you can tell that it's not just like NASA lying to us about the composition of the atmosphere because if it were humid and muggy and warm, there would be vegetation. Of some yeah, right? Like, right. it'd be kind of swampy, right? If it, yep. was, if it was muggy. If it was, like... If it was muggy, that would mean there would have to be water vapor exactly. somewhere, yes. somehow. Yeah. Muggy so means water vapor, for water sure. water on right. the surface, and there would be uh, stuff growing because yeah. everything grows in Oh, look, Mars humidity. is like San Francisco. This are you, is awesome. are you guys Are you guys saying that he's making all this up? Eh, not to his face. Um, <laughs> if we were playing factor bullshit, I'd I'd call bullshit. You'd call bullshit. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Great deduction sleuth work there, Josh. Apparently, That's fucking great. Apparently, this is just a top secret uh, project hidden away from Americans and the entire world. I mean, we may never know. He's doing the making it up part right by like having enough 
uh, stuff that you could try and look into that you wouldn't really get anywhere because it's probably classified like a DARPA project called Pl- Project Pegasus that we know exists mm-hmm. or existed, but we don't know what it actually was. See, now this it's- is the thing. When you talk about this shit right here, you got somebody that is... I'm not going to say they're not smart, but they're smart enough to know that they're going to use... This guy's a lawyer. Uh, of course he is. Of course he but is. Like, Why wouldn't he be? So he said... I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're but, fine. So check this out, too. He said this all happened when he was a kid, so if there were any record of it, it would be sealed because he's a minor, so there's no way no way to like even try to prove that he's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, in that, but he's again, he's smart enough to use things that possibly out there, like you said, the Pegasus Project, mm-hmm. to use this kind of okay. Well, this is where the stems from, but then everything underneath that is just a, just a pile the, of the fact that he's a lawyer. You know, makes me call bullshit even harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really does. yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he ran for president in 2016. Oh, I wonder why he lost. And he's also running in 2020. Oh, I'm voting for this guy. So, guys, get out there and uh, exercise your civic duty and vote. By all means. Andrew Bossiago, 2020. I don't know. I'm going to make a bumper sticker that says (laughs) I put on my car. What are his views on Medicare for all and (laughs) free? It has something to do with Mars, I guarantee you. Uh, He's for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stick with Bernie. Yeah, he's he's all about disclosure and... uh, you can go to a website, his website, and it has all of his, you know, his platform, essentially. Oh, jeez. And it's just full disclosure, capital D, just going for it. I mean, that would be rad if uh, any of anything that he had said had any basis in reality. What's his name again? Andrew Bossiago. You looking it up? I am. Yeah. There he is. Oh, wait. It says Andrew Bassiago. Then the next thing down for research says Andrew Bassiago debunked. Go figure. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> shocking. Yeah. So for those I of really you I thought home, there were 600,000 human beings living and working on Mars. Well, so. at least two. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hanging yeah, around the taco truck. The two guys in the taco cart. <laughs> so, yeah. For those of you at home that uh, are kind of curious, yes, uh, the first things that pop up are Project Pegasus. Um, Project Pegasus, uh, Rational Wiki. Oh, he's quite a handsome man. There he is. Oh, there he is in black and white as a little boy. Mm. In a, black and white as a little boy at the but black and white picture. dress. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. What else That's you got? That's interesting. Um, well, there's another fascinating story about three young British Navy cadets who experienced a time slip in 1957 England. Ooh, I heard about this one. Yeah, it's uh, known as the Cursey Time Slip. The events took place in the Bayburg district of Suffolk in the east of England. Three young men, all aged 15, had recently signed up for the British Royal Navy. As part of their training, they were set with map reading and coordinate finding tasks. They were to navigate on foot across about five miles of the English countryside. As it turned out, their target location was the tiny village of Cursey in Suffolk. None of the boys were familiar with the area, but nevertheless had followed the map successfully to a small village by the name of Kersey. As the boys approached the village, they said they were overcome with a feeling of strangeness and dread that they couldn't explain. They also had the feeling like they were being watched by people who were hiding, who were both fearful and unfriendly. This was odd considering that Kersey had a reputation for being a charming and welcoming little village in the English countryside. The boys all tried to shake off the uneasy feelings that were looming over them, and they continued to saunter into the village. And as they walked through Kersey, they were struck at how shabby the village seemed to appear. It looked like they were walking into a medieval 
neighborhood or a, okay. a, it, like all of a sudden they they go down from the hill and once they get to the village it had the appearance of a medieval village yeah, like they thatched would, roofs and like mm-hmm. shitty wooden shutters and stuff and I, it just looked decrepit and crude and they they walked up to one window and they peered through just this grimy horrible looking window and they saw a, a, a steer or an ox or something of that nature, like halfway butchered. But they said it looked like it was rotten. Like somebody right in the middle of butchering this thing had just like left it. Mm. And they, um, yeah. And they kept walking. They would walk to another window and there was like no furniture. Uh, and in the fifties, you know, it, there would be, couches and stuff but it, yeah. there was just like no modern furniture there was no nothing and uh after after they you know after they were walking around they were starting to get freaked out like they as you would and they they double checked their coordinates they're like no we're in we're in the right spot but what the hell is this i mean and they're from the uk there's no villages and 1957 that even have that vibe is weird isn't it yeah weird isn't it you my dad um (laughs) so but yeah they just got this they just couldn't shake the feeling of like people watching them and they were just like fuck this let's we're getting out of here and as soon as they got back up on the hill that kind of overlooks cursey they could see the the church bell ringing and yeah, they saw like, smoke coming from modern-looking, a quaint English village. Yeah, so like a normal-looking, what just, you think of when you think of like the little English village. Right? Yeah, just right. a modern 1950s English like, village. Like Sanford from uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. I picture that in my mind. Um, so they they just bounce out of there. Like they said, like once they got on that hill, smoke billowed out of the chimneys, church bells rang. They saw people walking around town, like it was a lively, it was a lively little English village. Uh, they so they just beelined it back to their base of operations, and they told their supervising officer what they had experienced, and he double checked their coordinates and confirmed they were indeed in Kersey. They were in where they should have been. Uh, and he he laughed he laughed off the boy's tale of being in a medieval village where a modern town of 1957 should have been. Um, Weird. Were they all hallucinating? All of them? Yeah, hallucinating the same thing. Hallucinating the same exact thing. Mm. Some people call bullshit actually on their claims that they were peering through windows because in medieval times, glass and win- wasn't like, even windows didn't really. They weren't a thing. You, well, yeah. they, if they if if you had glass windows, it would be a, like a luxury item. Exactly. But then again, windows doesn't necessarily mean glass. Windows can mean wooden shutters with a hole. Well, they said they were looking through grimy windows. Oh, okay. Uh, but also, me thinking someone butchering an animal would be a butcher shop, which would maybe have glass windows. Mm-hmm. Well, and they so people have done research and historical research on this. And Kersey around that time had an economic boom. So windows weren't common, but they also existed. Like in the 50s or like? No, in medieval times. Okay. In medieval times. So 
you know, possibly they could have been doing well enough that they did have windows actually. Because well, it, it wasn't common, but it's not like they didn't exist. And also someone who's 15 and probably not real well educated could easily confuse a period of like the early modern era, like the 16, 1700s as medieval. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And apparently the, the place where they saw the animal being butchered, they traced that back and that building actually was a butcher shop. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. An that kind of ties that shop. together. So huh. there's weird things that debunkers try and say that, you know, that's, Obviously not possible, but there, there are weird little things that kind of could kind of validate. So it's just a weird mm. slip in time. Like they somehow slipped into there, kind of appeared. And what if, what if the past had already happened and all those people have been dead? So like they somehow went back in time, but like the people were gone somehow. Well. I have a story that's kind of like that that I'll get to after you're done. But uh I mean that's that's pretty much it for the uh I mean it just seems like a bona fide time slip. Okay. Far fetched, but Yeah. They're hmm. they're the details of their story have been confirmed through historical records and the like. I've I've heard of a few where people like seem to slip back to another period in history and there are actual people and it's like they're in another yeah. moment in time. Well, I remember hearing about teachers that actually slept back to a Victorian area and that they were, and two of them, and they both saw the exact same thing. And yeah, they yeah, like uh, Louis the the court of Louis the Fourteenth or something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, but I've also heard some where people like slip back and it, there's no one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes me... Like, did they go back in time? So t- the time is still there, but it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like, the people are all gone because they're dead and they've all lived, but there's still this place. Yeah, that's a weird way to think. There's still this place existing. Well, like, I, there's still this medieval village, but time's already passed, but somehow this physical, vi- like. Have you ever read hmm. the Stephen King short story or the seen the movie The Langoliers? Oh, I love The Langoliers. It, that's kind of what that reminds me of. Of like the the physical reality is still there and and you somehow end up there. Oh yeah, when they go to the airport, but no one's but, there. And then like the Langoliers are coming and mm-hmm. slowly devouring reality. They, go- they gobble time. Yeah, time so, gobblers. I never seen it. Oh, Good you, show? Would, you would really uh-huh. like it. Uh, the movie, if I remember right, was kind of low budge. Oh, it's right. a, it's a horrible. It's one of those classic made for TV low budget Stephen mm, King movies. Gotcha. So but, it's fun. Yeah, but, but it's badly made. It is horribly made, but man, the like the the premise is awesome. It's yeah, good. and the the book, it's like it, it's not as short as like the Shawshank Redemption and stuff that are in that uh, novella, but it's not like a full on Stephen King. It's like the size of this book. Gotcha, maybe. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, it's a really interesting story and concept. Um, do you have anything else? No, I mean I could go on and on, but I want to hear what you got. Okay, mine are all pretty high level, like just more about the concept i think but now would be a good time for to hear from our friend matthew mcconaughey yeah you think so yeah we can play him real quick here here we go oh that's it's over my head it's like in this universe we process time linearly forward but outside of our space time from what would be a fourth dimensional perspective, time wouldn't exist. 
And from that vantage, could we attain it? We see our space time would look flattened, like a single sculpture with matter and a superposition of every place it ever occupied. Or sentience just cycling through our lives like carts on a track. So love that guy. Yeah. Uh, that whole first season of true detective. Holy shit. It was great. Um, so when I was looking into this, uh, when I was like doing research on the, on Al Gore's internet, um, the first like five results were ads for some sort of software called time slip, which was funny to me, <laughs> Irony. Um, but I found a website called mjwayland.com and it's a guy that's a paranormal researcher. Uh, he's really into ghosts. You would probably, yeah, you I sent that, sent you that sent that, that link. Yeah, I, I checked think, that out. That I think good. you would really like his website. Um, so his theory about all this is that a lot of these might be like ghost sightings. You were reading my mind. Which, yeah. Right. Which is a very interesting theory. And it also, what, what do you mean? Um, I'm going to have to like, so what happens with that is he's thinking when we see ghosts and we, you know, one of the, one of the questions amongst everything else is a lot of them are addressed in period time clothing, for example. So we're actually looking back in time. So we're we're actually seeing they're slipping out of their dimension and their time loop into ours momentarily and then slipping back. Yeah. And that would explain the apparition. Well, that's the one thing I said, but actually on an episode or two ago is I'm like, I wonder if we've ever been ghosts, maybe not like you, us three, but right, like right. humans on this timeline. If you know, somehow we've ever slipped into somebody else's timeline and they're like, Oh my God, I just saw a ghost. But right. Really. It's just, that, that'd be kick ass. We showed up in some 1800 Chinese village doing this podcast, like right in the middle of this town square, well, just yeah. for a little bit. I know, I know I mentioned it before, but there was like a whole episode of mysterious universe where they were talking about this book. This guy wrote where he had a haunted, personal computer and was somehow oh, yeah, communicating yeah. with people from the 15th century. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it was a really awesome story. Um, so yeah. And, and honestly, like if time is fluid and everything's actually all happening at once, like, like some philosophers would say, and some physicists would say, um, then yeah, it's very possible that we've shown up in someone like someone from the future's fucking, as a ghost in in this apartment for whoever's living here. Don't in 20 don't years. don't shut your mouth, dude. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm the one that lives here. I will say that I, I'll debunk this a little bit. Yeah, and that's a good theory when you talk about apparitions and visual. But then when you get into the whole poltergeist, that's when it starts. Okay, now right. we have physical contact. I don't know how that would interplay with the well, time I mean, slip. Maybe that's just one explanation, and there's multiple explanations. Right, and it's, and, and there's be. not one explanation for every type of like ghost, yeah. ghosty paranormal. Sure. It's but it's like a nice either. thing to think of. It's not like one explanation rules them all. Yeah, right, right. And, and I mean, there's also like the stone tape theory too, where like basically it's just replaying echoes of time. And yep. It's not an actual like haunting or something like that. You're just like the environment has absorbed something that happened that like put out a lot of like energy and you're just seeing that replaying, Yeah, you know? Um, so, but anyway, his theory about it being a ghost story, I don't know why, but researching all of this reminded me of so many fucking movies, but, uh, like his theory on that, on time slips being ghosts reminded me of that movie, the others with Nicole. Oh yeah. Where like she thinks her house is haunted. 
Yeah. But it turns out like she's she's the ghost. The ghost. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a that's a good show. Yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen that, it, there's a lot more to it than that, and it's like a really intense thriller, and I highly recommend checking it out. Um, so Wayland also mentions another researcher named Joan Foreman. Um, she wrote a book called Masks of Time, if I remember correctly. Um, and she came up with a theory that you can trigger time slips and uh, even has had a time slip or two of her own. Um, the triggering factor occurs when one is uh, interested in their or yeah, interested in their surroundings but not concentrating on anything in specific. A uh, slip occurs at a precise place and moment, and the witness uh, is thrust seemingly into another time. So basically, like kind of, meditating focusing without focusing and like just kind of pushing yourself there like usually uh she'll be like holding something from another time like uh there was a story of her in like the tower of london or something and she was holding like an old coin or something and then she flipped like slipped back and saw beef eaters from like that previous era that were hanging out and and, oh. Like everything changed. Wasn't there a movie of Christopher Reeves where he likes flipping a coin? Oh, that's he... coming up, dog. Oh God, damn it, dude! <laughs> <laughs> that is coming up. Um, so uh, that's related very much to Joan Foster's trigger th- triggering theory. Gotcha. Um, there are many stories of people walking into an area, area, sometimes tripping and falling into a room, and suddenly finding themselves several decades or centuries in the past. They usually will touch something uh, to or be seen by someone, it's usually a shocking event that breaks the reverie and snaps them back to their own reality. Like I remember there was one where there was this couple in like France or somewhere and uh, they slipped a couple centuries back and were like, what's going on? And we're seeing some stuff. And then the dude's wife tripped over something. And when she fell, like she landed on, I want to say cactus, but I don't know why there would be cactus in France. Yeah, well. And uh, like, that hurt and she screamed and that snapped them both out of it. And then she got up and like her hands were fine. Wow. You know, maybe it was a baguette. Uh, maybe. Uh. Um, uh, and there was a guy that went into, uh, that went into a post, a postal, a stationary store in England and bought some like really old envelopes and everything seemed really weird and old. And, uh, he went back the next day and everything was like updated and modern. Mm. And, uh, and Mm. the lady that was working said there was no chance that anybody else was working like the day before or whenever he went because nobody else worked there basically. Yeah. Um, there's hundreds of stories like that. Right. So Liverpool, for some reason in England, has like a ton of time slip stories. Like a girl will be at a disco in the 70s dancing, having a great time. And her friends say, they all of a sudden just can't find her. You know, it's a dance club. Yeah. And they just think that she's kind of got lost in the shuffle. But then this girl time slips into this other decade or other century for a few minutes and is walking around like, where the hell am I? You know? Yeah. And then just immediately comes back and their friend's like, oh, hey, where'd you go? Most mm-hmm. of the ones I've found from Liverpool centered around Bold Street, too. Um but the dude who bought the uh, envelopes, they disintegrated eventually. And like, so everyone who claims to have had a time slip who brought something back to them almost always claims that it just deteriorates. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so in Liverpool, um, there was a off-duty cop. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, he was just out shopping. He went to go 
into some store. I can't remember why he ended up in the middle of the street, but he ended up in the middle of the street and a van like honked at him. And he was like, what? And he stepped back as it drove by and it was like a 50s van. And this was in 96. Um, And on the side, the truck uh, had Kaplan's on it. Um, And then he went into what was supposed to be Dylan's bookstore, but it turned into a Crips handbags. Um, Both brands were verified as actual businesses operating in Liverpool in the 50s. Um, But... uh, yeah, I don't Weird. know. Yeah, Weird. he he. That guy went on a a local radio station, and upon hearing his story, people called in to say that they remembered there was a shop at that location on Bold Street called Crips, and others also remembered a firm called Kaplan's with uh, that that van, that name on the side of the van. They remembered that too. Yeah, um, I mean, it could just be people calling into the radio station just because they got nothing better to do, and yeah verifying his story for the hell of it but yeah uh, he like claimed to i think that he like followed a girl into the handbag store and she was like yeah i thought this was a bookstore too like when they uh walked back out and everything was back to normal Mm, yep um yeah he turned around and he became aware that everyone was dressed in like the late 40s early 50s style garb yeah and yeah he he panicked and then all of a sudden he saw a young girl about 25 years old wearing what looked like normal modern clothing for his time and he focused on her ever and as he like looked at her everything appeared to return to normal he turned around and saw that dylan he was just back in dylan's bookstore yeah weird um do you have huh. shoplifting sean in there huh did you have shoplifting sean in there uh i don't think so uh so there was this guy sean who was a like shoplifting from a store and he was running out he was running away from a security guard and he they were on bold street um, and he ducked down an alley off Bold Street. I, I didn't write down the name. And mm-hmm. uh, like he's running down the alley and he feels like a really sharp pain in his chest and like bends over and he's like, oh, fuck. And then he stands up back up and he looks behind him and the security guard's gone. And he's like, what the fuck? So he goes back out onto Bold Street and it's totally different. Like shit that shouldn't, that was, that he knows to be there isn't. All the cars look old. All this shit's like weird shit's happening. Um, so he looks at his cell phone. He has no signal. So he sees, uh, like a newspaper stand Mm -hmm. and he goes and grabs a paper and he looks at the date and it was 18 May, 1967. So shoplifting Sean (laughs) checks his phone again. And this time he has a signal. And when he looks up from his phone, everything's back to normal. And was the cop still chasing him? Uh, I think he had gotten away from the security guard, but when the, the article I read on this said that they someone did interview the security guard and he said Sean had just disappeared into thin air in the alley. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So And when you have like a second witness to say that just he just he's gone. Yeah. And that you know, that's to add it, some it validity didn't say to it a little anything bit. about Sean getting in trouble for shoplifting. Either. Of course not. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. Funny. Like uh that that one's pretty interesting. Um so I heard of one, a one that's like more of a spooky story that the, the way I heard it or read it, um, it was a couple of years ago. Um, it sounds like really like creepy and crazy, but when I retell it, it sounds like fucking creepy pasta. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, there was, uh, this guy sitting at home. Um, I think it was in England. I think it was like London. Um, so he's sitting at home, um, like in the late afternoon and he starts getting these frantic texts from his brother. Uh, his brother says he got caught in a weird sudden rainstorm and then the streets were empty and the light was weird and it just, everything seemed a little off. 
Uh, he said he had just gotten home and was freaked out because no one was there. And he's like, where is everybody? And his brother's like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm in the living room. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. One. And then his brother's like, stop fucking with me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in the house. No one's here. It's really fucking cold. The heat won't turn on. Like, what the fuck? And like, they keep texting back and forth being like, stop fucking with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually his, the brother that's, saying that he got caught in the rainstorm starts saying like dude my battery's gonna die i can't find anyone it's getting dark like what no one there's no one anywhere what's going on Mm -hmm. and uh this is the part where it gets super creepy pasta because i can't if i remember the end of the story right uh the they never heard from the brother that got caught in the rainstorm again yeah like he just disappeared Mm. weird that's crazy and that's where we get to would someone stay in the past on purpose if they managed to slip in time and this is where that movie comes up oh okay so it 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 was called uh somewhere in time yes um and it's uh thinking of the triggering factor theory from joan foreman's research um basically uh aubrey makes me watch this all the fucking time and it's it's a good show it's just old. uh, is it well it's old but you know it's hella melodramatic and way over Christopher Reeves but anyway hot young Jane Seymour's in it um so Christopher Reeve plays a a kind of up and coming somewhat famous playwright in Chicago um he becomes obsessed with an actress from a bygone era like more turn of the century late 1800s whose portrait hangs in the Grand Hotel uh he uses self-hypnosis and artifacts being the coin from the from that year um, I think it's like a penny or something. Um, and he basically like does a triggering event to slip back to that time and like romances her and all this stuff. And, uh, I can't remember exactly what happened that pulled him out of the past. He looked at the penny. He took it out of his pocket. Oh, look at the past. Oh, what zapped him out because he took the penny out of his pocket and it reminded Wrong him what back. was going on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been a minute since Aubrey made me watch it, but. Um, <laughs> you like sort of Aubrey made me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once he comes back to the present, which this movie came out in like the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, something like it was after Superman. Oh, stints, it's nineteen eighty. Yeah, it was when yeah. it came out. Um, so when he comes back to his present, like he's can't figure out how to push himself back to to that time, and mm-hmm. basically spirals into like crazy ass depression and ends up dying. Hmm. So you know, it's real uplifting. Yeah, um, but the score is really fun good. times. Like, I've never seen it. I need to take a peek at it. It's, it's old, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only reason I get mad whenever Aubrey makes me watch it is because it's a like romantic drama with no explosions and the <laughs> nipple count yeah. is zero. And that's like, like <laughs> this movie has nothing for me. It's like the time traveler's wife. I was like, ah, eh, it's a good premise, but this sucks. Yeah, so, the idea yeah. of it's really the yeah. like the the idea is really good. I mean, yeah. To kind of wrap this up, I don't think we live in a world that's just black, black and white. Black and white. I don't think so either. There's, you know, and, there's and I just, hope we don't. Yeah, Let's just say exactly. that. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. more interesting if it, if any of this is even partially true, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. the world isn't just so matter of fact. I mean, we're, we live in a universe just shrouded in mystery. And, I mean, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, well, just it, just that, that clip that you sent today about the Bigfoot chasing the Russian oh, yeah. drivers. I mean, it just amazed me. These things still keep coming up. Mm-hmm. I, I just there's got to be something more to grasp onto, and I, I think that's that's why I like doing this because yeah. I learn every single time I sit down and I hear these stories and I read these books, and it it just blows my mind. 
Um, I will say that there's one added feature that we're going to tell you guys about. So uh, on our website, there are some more research write-ups that we added. One of them is another time-traveling epic uh, about an Italian physicist, uh, physicist named Ettore Marjorana. Um, he was born in 1906, and uh, he's one of our well-renowned physicists. That really, I've never heard of the guy for as popular as he is, but he knew atomic theory. He was into fusion. He just he had papers. He worked with Einstein. He worked with not with the Nazis, but he knew about them. The guy just was very unique. But he ended up disappearing. Um, and there's a whole write-up on there, and you can find that research. It's a strange case of Ettore Marjorana. And uh, we have that on there. So if you want to kind of continue to study the whole time traveling dimension slip thing, we've got it, you know, so we can we can kind of go from there. Yeah. And uh, make sure you follow us on the socials. Yep. Which are? Uh, Strange Uncles Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just It's just Strange Uncles at Twitter, right? Yeah, correct. And then our website is mystrangeuncles.com. Yeah, and you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail dot com, and you can call us on our hotline eight zero one two five two sixty nine forty five. Call us with your stories. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, we have some cool things lined up in the future for you guys. I think the next one's going to be December news, and then uh, we're going to do something happy and fun during the Christmas time as it gets closer about uh, Krampus and all kinds of other stories because you know we hate Christmas. So there's that. Yeah, we're going to talk about like old. Pre-Christmas festivities that Christmas kind of replaced. Before we ruined it now and what we have now. And then uh, we roll on to the Warrens, which I am in the middle of researching. um, Fascinating individuals for the most part. But hopefully you guys like it. And um, yeah, I guess we can... uh... Close those gates.